what's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff. And today, I have a special guest with us. She's worked on Little Women Atlanta, Bridezilla's Married to Medicine, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, and most recently, hit series on Netflix, Love is Blind. I have producer Naisha Crawford with us. How are you doing, Naisha? Hey, how are you, Cliff? I am good. I'm good. I'm <laughs> super excited to have you on the show, as I told you earlier. Really I'm quick. I'm to be here, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's always good to know that. Really quick, before I introduce the topics, I want to take and shout out all of our listeners and the fans across the world in all 60-plus countries. Thank you guys for continuing to like, share, subscribe, and spread the word about The Same Show. Your support means a lot. And if you're listening and you don't already follow us on social media, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the same underscore show. Again, that's same underscore show, S-A-N-E underscore show. And then you can find us on Facebook, The Same Show. Again, on Facebook, that's The Same Show. So today we're going to be talking about reality dating shows. <laughs> then we're going to talk about <laughs> the shift to streaming for television and film. Then following that, we're going to have an interview with you, Naisha, so that the listeners can get to learn more about you, your career, and all the exciting things that come with that. I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you can hear it. I'm super <laughs> excited and ready to dive into it. So let's go ahead and hop right into it with the first topic. Uh, reality good. dating shows. Okay. So, as I mentioned, you know, we discussed this before the show. Like, they're always they're always interesting. There's, and I think one of the reasons why is because it's like they're so they tend to be like so taboo. Mm -hmm. These the best shows seem to take. I don't want to say uh, ridiculous, but like the most out of the box, out of the world ideas and develop a some form of concept and right. make it into a show. And it's almost like an experiment when you when you look at it. Them. It's an experiment. It's not like an experiment. It's <laughs> an experiment. I think that it's extremely on the nose. You know, I'll let you finish your question and then I guess I'll chime in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you're right. You're right. It, it is an experiment. And I mean, obviously, you can attest to that having having worked on Love is Blind. And I mean, really, I, I want to go ahead and give you the floor so that you can share your insight as to, you know, reality dating shows and how they, you know, they take these concepts and pretty much put on an experiment yeah. for, for, the, for the nation to, to watch. I mean, for me, I feel like if there's no other way to do it, you know what I mean? I, and, and I say that because I know it's ridiculous. Like you look at these things and you're like, oh my God, it's another one of these shows. Or, oh my God, they're doing this now. Or they're naked or they're doing... But it's like, if it's just dating, then nobody wants to watch it, right? It's the extremes um, mm -hmm. that, that is the allure to the audience. That's what people want to watch. Like how, what is the result if, under the most extreme circumstances, can there be success in it? Because I think the conventional ways of dating would bore someone on television. Like, <laughs> something, you know, like, especially in the modern world where there is only, like, this text and social media, people sliding in people DMs. Like, I don't right. watch that all day unless it's the circle. And then I'm interested. You know what I mean? So 
I think that it takes something or someone, a creative that's thinking outside of the box to say, I know this sounds crazy, but hear me out. And to get a team of people who follow that. And specifically with dating shows, I think people love, love, love. You know what I mean? Like, I think people love to see what happens when two people meet under these awkward circumstances. I would say specifically with Love is Blind, it was an experiment. You know what I mean? Um, And it was an experiment like no other. And I think part of the beauty in that experiment was the crew and the producers and production staff, everyone was along for the ride. You'll find in different shows that I've worked on that you can be a little bit heavy-handed in producing or you can be really hands-off or mediocre. Um, this was the first time that we we let the science lead. You know, we we knew what we needed to do because it was outlined to us that this was an experiment and it was hands-off. And so from a producing world, that's kind of hard to do because mm-hmm. you have everybody's applications. You know everybody's answers. You know what everybody is looking for on the other side of that wall. You know what I mean? Right. And you see them talking to someone that you absolutely know does not fit their questionnaire. And you're in the control room and you're like, no, please don't fall in love with him. (laughs) Please don't fall in love with her. You know what I mean? Like, no, there's another person who would be perfect for you and she's in another date, but you're going to get her next. And it's like, no, you can't do that. And for the first time you have complete hands off. So I think, when you get something like Love is Blind and, and see how successful it was is because it was left to its own devices for for a lot of it. Right, right. I, I certainly agree with you on that one. And, you know, I just want to I just want to take a few steps back because you sure. were when you were talking about like nobody watches a show and like they just want to see regular dating. And I think I was talking about how like I don't really watch much reality tv these days but you know obviously i got glued to love is blind <laughs> and you know i had to drop everything else it's like i gotta watch this i gotta binge mm-hmm. watch it and, you know because it was really that interesting because it was so unconventional and then also the the part where you're talking about the experimental aspect of it mm-hmm. that even made it more interesting because again these these out of the box ideas of reality dating tv shows our experiments, but then it makes it a completely different when you watch the show and then they come outright and tell you this is right. an experiment. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, that's the beauty of it. It was a very yeah. honest show. You know what I mean? And um, I I actually um, find myself this is going to be horrible to say, but like when I read um, in the comments and people commenting about the show on different platforms and social media or whatnot. And they're like, oh, it's so scripted. Oh, it's so this. And I'm thinking to myself, like, no, it is not. Like, you know, I take a big offense when it comes to this show because it really wasn't. It, there are shows that you see and you're like, oh, my God, this is scripted. But this was the one show in particular that we were asked and reminded over and over, let it play out however it plays out. I think to your point, like you said, oh, I don't watch reality TV. 
if I were honest, I don't watch a lot of it either. I create mm -hmm. a lot of it, but I don't watch a lot of it. And I think reality TV is the genre that people love to hate. You know, you say you don't like it. I don't want to see it. But it is captivating. If you sit down in front of that TV and we happen to get you sucked in on episode one, you're likely to be there to episode eight or 12 or 13. So, yeah, it, it, it takes something like Love is Blind that held that number one spot on Netflix of all content for like three weeks straight to suck people in and to allow people to be honest. And I, I think another thing that is really um, noteworthy is if you look at the cast on that show, a lot of the kudos goes to casting too, because a lot of that cast outside of physicality, the people were attractive. That's one thing. But outside of that, when you when they discuss like what they do or their you know you look under their lower third and you see like oh this person's a scientist this person this isn't people that we just went and grabbed up and people wanted to be paid to be on TV and so that's another element that's really really interesting for this show because these were people who had thriving careers like they are actively working like had to get released from their job, approval from their jobs to come come with us for that time and have no access to their laptops, no phones, no nothing, and just be sucked into this experiment. They weren't able to check at home. If you had kids and things like that, like you had to only focus on what was happening in this process. And I think that made it more organic and I think the fact that these were people who were genuinely looking for love because they had everything else they didn't need to come on this show for the money they didn't need to come on it you know to try to make a career for themselves they had all of that already it made it more pure for me really good point yeah I was thinking about old buddy that <laughs> that does sales I was like, yeah. man, takes a lot to <laughs> yeah. take a break from and a sales job it's yeah. all about numbers <laughs> right and he was worried i think that's damien you're saying he's yeah. worried he you know he's stressed on the show with his companion Gigi, at the time and you see him being stressed and he's finally breaks down and he's like i might get off of here and, and not have a job that was real you know his job was threatening to let him go because of this you know what i mean so yeah. because you go into it not knowing if you're coming out of here with a partner and if you do come out of this thing with a partner then you you are part of this show for another four weeks instead of taking a two-week vacation now right. you know so i think when you see that these are people who had a lot to lose and were willing to risk it to be a part of the experiment i think it speaks a lot to what was happening at the time and the honesty and the care that was taken with each individual and each couple as we progress to the weddings. All right, now for the next topic. That was a fun conversation. Uh, now let's talk about the shift to streaming for television and film. So like I've mentioned to you earlier, this pandemic that we're currently experiencing showed us a lot. And yeah. about streaming specifically, you know, Netflix had their biggest quarter yet and subscriptions 
skyrocketed because everybody's at home yeah. <laughs> and yeah. tired of watching regular TV where you got to tune in to whatever they got lined up. And we all want that on demand and we want to watch what we want to watch when we want to watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it only mm-hmm. makes sense. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is, are things done differently at a streaming company? Like when you're working with a streaming company like Netflix and working with a network, like is there much of a difference? I think from a boots on the ground perspective, there's not a whole lot of difference. I will say uh, when it comes to creative freedom, I feel like you have a little bit more wiggle room when you work with a streaming platform. And I think that's just because they, they take a lot more of the risk. They don't rely on advertising dollars. And when you're dealing with a network, you have to be careful about what you have because of the advertisers. Whereas on a streaming platform, you're really working off of a subscription structure. That's how they're getting their money. So, I mean, advertising is like a bonus, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. subscriptions are paying the bill. And so when when you're working from more of a demand from the subscribers, then you get a little bit more freedom because they can go on there and pick what they want. If you don't like trashy TV, you can always watch a documentary. If you don't like documentaries, you can always like a, watch a film and you can watch it on your time whenever you want to. And so I think from that perspective, when you start producing for an entity like that, you feel a little bit more free. You know what I mean? You kind of have a little uh, more room to play with uh, when it comes to being non-traditional, I think that is where you get the most leeway. You know, you can talk about things. People can curse. People can drop F-bombs. People, you know what I mean? Yeah. For so many little reasons like that, you don't have to stop and be like, whoa, you can't say that. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't have to jump in and be like, hey, hey, and pull you out of your element when you're having a raw and natural moment which normally wouldn't happen either. It just would get cut in post, but now people get to see it. You're talking about a streaming platform and people getting to see stuff like that. I think it will continue to pull people away from television. We see it happening. It, we know that it's happening. We know people are coming away from television. It's surviving, but it's not thriving in the way that it used to. And I would even say recently during the pandemic, We saw, even with the film sector, AMC saying, hey, we're not going to carry Universal movies anymore. We're not going to show Universal films anymore in any of our AMC theaters because because Universal threatened, quote unquote, um, to Mm -hmm. release videos through streaming platforms at the same time as theater releases. Well, you know what I mean? Like... That industry is so concerned about how streaming is dominating that they're saying, we can't even share the spotlight. So if you can't give us a theatrical release and hold off on your online release, it's going to impact us so much financially that we won't work with you at all. That's a big play. You know what I mean? That speaks highly to what is happening in the streaming world. From a production standpoint, you know, I think you're going to see a lot more things head that way. 
And Netflix just started playing with reality in a big way. You know, they're dumping money into reality. The circle was Mm -hmm. a hit for Netflix. And then Love is Blind came behind it. And it was a hit, you know, for Netflix. That's two Netflix original shows that are killing the game on the reality sector. So I think reality on regular TV is going to have to get a little bit more creative as well. That's going to challenge us as producers as to how we stay interesting and innovative in in our approaches, even with the limitations and confines of what the network wants. Right. And... You bring, up, you bring up a good point when you talk about consumers having, you know, when we talk about that on demand, because one yeah. of the things that I was thinking about is Netflix being able to react quickly to whatever data that they're getting from yeah. viewership, right? Yeah. And being that they can easily pull a show, they can easily pump a show, because it's not like they have to change a lineup, right? Oh, right. well, we want, we, we had this show in the primetime slot, it's not working out like we wanted to. We we got to figure out what to do, but we have to wait until this show has its run, and then we fill it in with something else. Where it's like, no, okay, this show isn't working out how we want it to. We got yeah. another show that's doing really good. We're going to push that one, elevate it, and then we're going to produce more shows that fall within that category because we're seeing that we're having success. So it's the actually net- changing. It's actively yeah. changing every day. And I think another thing is that people. that gives them the advantages, they're not releasing one episode today. Either they're releasing them in groups or they're releasing whole seasons at a time, which is major because I know I, for one, I hate getting hooked on a TV show and then having to wait till next weekend. You know what I mean? (laughs) I know that that's what it's for. I know that's what it's due, but I'm the type of person who, if it's on television, I'll wait for the whole season to be over just so I can watch it at my pace. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, that's another thing that the streaming platforms have advantage of. You can binge watch and you can binge watch all you want. And then it's going to give you other, suggest other content that's similar to this that you might like and push you in directions um, that are very tailored to your viewership. That's something you can't do in TV. I have to put out a guide. I have to put out a blanket of what the mass is like. I can't really tailor it to your taste alone. And that's what's happening when you get on these streaming platforms. They know what you like. Right. It's a, <laughs> a lot of flexibility. <laughs> and you know, as I listen to you, you know, I it's like I'm coming to terms with the idea of more and more that like streaming is ultimately going to be the way to go it's the way of the future because again on demand flexibility mm-hmm. and always being able to change it, especially you know we talk about algorithms or whatever the like, algorithm they know yeah you. <laughs> right exactly so and it's 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 it's, all, it's just a new age and mm-hmm. it's nothing there's nothing really we can do about it because i mean it's what it's what consumers want and yeah. you know we're we're seeing it as time goes on so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it really is, it's going to be interesting to see how it evolves, I guess, and how it impacts the industry as it does from a jobs and production perspective. All right, we're back.
back. And now for my favorite part, I, I love asking people questions. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead. So we're going to go ahead and start the interview and get to asking you some questions so that the listeners can learn more about you and your career and all the fun things that go with that, Naisha. So mm -hmm. my first question to you is how did you get into producing? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that seems like it would be an easy question, but um, it's, it's, it's kind of layered. I went to Clark Atlanta University. That was my first kind of entry point. I knew that I wanted to be in production. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, at the time, I thought I wanted to be a host because I enjoyed talking. Um, and so I started to work in some of the programs that were offered at our school and found that I actually didn't care to be told what to say, so I wanted to produce. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to be able to tell people what to say. And so <laughs> I, I did that for a while, graduated uh, and worked there. And um, following that, I went to SCAD and I got my master's from SCAD um, in film and television production. And I just kept networking kind of in the mix of that. And I was working on different shows, day playing here and there, um, but I wasn't full time anywhere. And then I landed with Love and Hip Hop and I worked there for a full run and then came back the next year for another run. And that's kind of how I got back into the industry because before I was doing like local news shows and different things, but um, nothing in the reality sector. Love and Hip Hop was probably my first consistent run into the reality world. Okay. So now that you are a producer, what are some of the challenges of being a producer? I think my two biggest challenges as a producer are a time management. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. All we care about is time. <laughs> <laughs> don't waste the time uh, is a True. big thing. Getting what you need in that time and, um, and telling the story, you know, uh, that that is a big thing. And the challenge of what you are experiencing versus what the network or the company that you're working for, whatever, whatever platform you're dis distributing on, what they want, you know, because what they want versus what's happening on the ground is sometimes very different and trying to make them see a different story sometimes. Hey, like, hey, that's not the story out here. Like what we forecasted is not what's happening and really mm -hmm. selling that, you know, selling that and reminding the people in front of the camera that you're there for them too, which is really something that's unique to reality is that trust factor that you have to have with your talent to say, I want you to be open. I want you to be vulnerable to the entire world with these cameras in your faces and trust me, which is very difficult because people don't trust <laughs> producers. I don't know if anybody knows this, but no one trusts producers. Right. <laughs> we have big hearts if you're out there. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. That's too funny. So how did, Love is Blind come to be? Oh, well, Chris Cohen, who is over Kinetic Content, and Sam Dean, 
who is the creator of Married at First Sight, she, they kind of had this already rolling by the time I came on. So when I came on, I was told that there was an experiment that was going to be filmed and they were looking for producers with certain gnats. And I interviewed very many times, actually. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, they were very, very specific of the type of producer they wanted. They wanted to make sure they had the right people. And I will say they got them all. Everybody on that producing team was amazing. And there were 10 of us. So that's a massive amount of producers. Yeah. (laughs) That's serious Um, work. That's serious work. 10 producers. Because this thing was taped around the clock when they were in the pod. So it was 24 hours in isolation and 24 hours of taping. So if you really could see everything else, it probably would blow your mind past what you saw. And once I came on board, there was like a hundred page, you know, show deck that we all had to read. And you had to read it because it was about the experiment and the science behind it and why we were going to stick to the experiment the way that it was. And that was day one, week one. I mean, you didn't get through the deck in one day. So (laughs) by the time you got through it, you knew that you had signed on for something that was going to be like nothing else you had done before. And after that, we got to the stage and we got the ball rolling. I will say we shot um, the first part. I think this is okay for me to say on a film stage where the pods were were on mm-hmm. a film stage, and you knew it was different because we had people from Marvel movies coming over to our stage saying, "Oh my God, a reality show is shooting on a film stage. What are you guys doing? Because <laughs> it's unprecedented. You know what I mean? Like, yeah." You know, reality you're in a restaurant you're in somebody's house you're you know what I mean you're in their natural environment and here we are on a film stage for uh, a month or so you know what yeah. I mean and people are like what is going on behind those doors and we're saying oh nothing oh nothing <laughs> you know so yeah just wow. to tell you the scale of the size of production it was massive wow that's something that is Wow. <laughs> so I, I, I'm pretty sure after watching the show, I've got some idea of how you're going to respond to this next question, but I want to hear from you directly. What do you hope people take away from the series? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say. So this is going to be <laughs> interesting. I, I, okay. I think that for me, I hope people look at all the dynamics of the show. I mean, that show was a roller coaster. People who thought were going to be great didn't work out. People ran. People were, you know, heartbroken. Um, I think that if anything, this show should remind you that in relationships, to be true to yourself, I think, Um, to be true to yourself and to be open to love. I don't know if love is blind. I've worked on this show and I and, and I've I've teeter-tottered between whether I felt like love is blind as I kind of watched and saw this unfold. And I was there. <laughs> right. I was there. 
I think you take people like the Jessica Battens of the show. Jessica's getting a really hard rep in the blogs and everywhere else. And I think people like her are important. Like you need people for her to like her to stand in the gap. I don't think she's a villain at all. I Mm -hmm. see a woman who is complex and is back in reality and trying to figure out what will my friends say? What will happen? I mean, you have to appreciate the type of honesty that it takes for somebody to to say those things in front of the world. It might not have been what you wanted to hear, but it's brave and it's what she needed to do for herself. And it hurt people, but it was an honest journey for her. So I think I want people to take away from it that no matter what's going to happen, no matter what people will say, always be true and honest with yourself and be open to being loved. I think if you do that, you will come out like the Lauren and Camerons of that show or, you know, the Barnett's and Amber's. Yeah. And I I thought there was a lot of good takeaways from the show as well, especially when we talk about being in a relationship and even so though it was like share it, share it. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> but you know, just just even though like you know these people, ten days and then they get married and they're getting married in a matter of a month. You know, dating and married in a month, and I think it's still a lot to take away from that because you you get to see the dynamics of a relationship and, and like fast forward, <laughs> like you go through all these stages quickly and. I'm in a I'm in a relationship myself and I'm I want to get married too. And so for me, like it's interesting to watch and to see other people go from A to B and and just watching everything unfold and there's lessons to be learned, even yep. for someone like myself, because it, it makes you ask, like, are you even are you do you think you're ready? You know, like I don't right. care if you've been dating for five years or you've been dating for three weeks, like yeah. at the end of the day, like, cause that, I think that's what was most interesting, especially when you see the people who were paired together and those that worked and those that didn't. And even those that like uh, Damien and Gigi where, you know, he couldn't make the commitment, but Hey, it's still, they're still work, you know, trying to work things out because it's like, they they weren't ready. go ahead. And they're still together. Right. You know what I mean? So I think in many ways the experiment worked. That doesn't mean that people didn't get hurt in the process. That's any Mm -hmm. relationship. You know what I mean? I think it challenges what our view of relationships. You know, that's any relationship. People, things hurt sometimes. Sometimes you hear things that are unfortunate. But I think he said, he, he stood there and he said that he loved her. He just couldn't do it that day because... He was torn. Nobody wants to make that kind of decision torn. Again, it's unfavorable. People don't like it. You don't like to see it. It's another example of somebody standing up and being true to their emotions, making a difficult decision on the spot. You know, they weren't able to be in cahoots with each other prior to to say like, oh, I'm going to say yes. Are you going to say yes? Or I'm going to say no. What are you thinking about saying? There wasn't that opportunity. You know what I mean? So everybody heard it for the first time, the same time. If you could have saw our mouths in the control room when certain answers came out, you know, nobody knew what to expect. And I think that on the opposite side of that, 
you look at something like a Lauren and Cameron and they were so sure so yeah. early they were so sure and and it's it's almost like it's almost scary how sure they were you know I'm sure there were times because I was there that they were like oh my god am I doing the right thing because I'm so sure so fast and Not I don't know I got there how I got so sure so fast but I know he or she is the one and it's our job as producers to have them trust that gut feeling, go out on that limb, trust whatever you're feeling right now in this moment. And whether mm -hmm. you go out there and say, I do or I don't, that will be the right answer. Whatever you feel in that moment, that moment of clarity, that'll be correct for you. And don't worry about what anybody else is going to say. Right. That's very true. That is very true. Really quick, before we wrap it up, are, is there anything that we should be expecting from you as far as any projects or anything like that so the listeners could be on the lookout for it? Yeah, um, I'm right now working on Little Women Atlanta. I really think, though, this is going to be weird, but Bridezilla's, their, the new season is coming out right now. It's slated for August, but be on the lookout. That's something that is going to be on WeTV, and um, I think... It has taken a shift. It has done kind of what Love is Blind has tried to do with reality TV. Um, I worked with an amazing guy, Sharam. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. He was <laughs> on that show, um, and he took it in a great direction that is different from what 12 seasons of that show have previously been. So I'd say look out for that, too. I um, feel produced on that, and it was a great time. <laughs> Cool deal, cool deal. Mm -hmm. Hey, I appreciate you. I really appreciate you mm -hmm. taking time out of your schedule to come Thank on you. the same show. Yes, it, it was a joy and a pleasure to have you on and definitely going to have to have you back on in the future to, yeah. to get some updates and, you know, talk about all the cool stuff you'll have going on there. <laughs> yeah, hopefully after a second season of Love is Blind, call me back and, and we can keep going. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, Naisha, thank you again. And listeners, make sure that you guys are on the lookout for all those shows that she's uh, helping produce. And make sure to follow The Sane Show. All right. So you're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. And until next time, we're out. <laughs>